to Multiversal Q, your guide of the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this time we're going ape with Animal Man. For the last couple of days. What? For the oh. last time. Yeah. Uh, if you're somehow listening to this. After this episode came out, the 2016 election results came in, and neither of us are really happy about that. But we're going to make this an escape from the grim future realities that are likely going to be facing our country over the next few years to talk about the last days of Animal Man. So, Devin, have you actually read the Morrison Animal Man stuff? Nope, this is the first Animal Man thing I've ever read. Okay, and so you also haven't read 52. Yeah, no, like, I had no idea who he is. Like, I know that people say his new 52 book was good. Mm-hmm. Well, and but this that was is it. Very, yeah, this is very different than uh, the new 52. So for those of you who haven't read Animal Man, I will have a link to the Journey into Misery episode that they did about a month or so ago on Animal Man and the uh, Morrison run. But the basic premise from the Morrison run beyond being like the first thing where he got into really dissecting characters as part of the story itself and like addressing some of the really weird racist stuff that uh, DC had and also like introducing comic book Limbo, which at the time had uh, Mr. Freeze in it because he hadn't been reinvented in Batman the Animated Series. Uh, the comic dealt a lot with breaking the fourth wall and sort of Buddy's narrative as a comic character and how, like, rebooting him affected his life. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the basic premise is Buddy was walking through the woods, some aliens abducted him, they gave him the power to tap into the morphogenetic field, which is... Eventually called the Red in uh, DC Comics. It's the energy field of all of the animals on Earth. And then later on in a series called 52, he, uh, Adam Strange, and Starfire got stranded in space. They made their way back, and he expanded his power so he could like connect to things in the universal field like space whales. And uh, this series, which was a six-issue miniseries written in 2009, was written by Gary Conway with Chris Batista on pencils, Dave Miekis and Wayne Foucher on inks, with Mike Etier on colors, and Clem Robbins on letters, with Brian Boland, who did the original Morrison Animal Man covers, doing the covers for this. And the other important thing to know about like Animal Man is he's a normal person who just happened to get powers so he's like your peter parker okay so like he has his uh wife ellen who he generally has a good relationship with except he can sort of be impulsive like in the morrison run he became a uh, vegetarian and without like telling her he just started throwing away all the meat in the house nice. and he also has uh two kids uh his son cliff and his daughter maxine and Cliff is a bit older, and he's like having Animal Man as his dad. Because, you know, it's neat having a superhero for a dad. Uh, Buddy also ended up joining a few different 
versions of the uh, Justice League. I think he was on uh, Justice League Europe for a time, but he never really was one of the bigger characters, though I could be misremembering. And so in the not-too-distant future of, like, 15 years from 2009, we see the completion of the San Diego Southern Coast Sea Levy. Since 10 years ago, a massive flood swept through during convention season, which I assume is probably during San Diego Comic-Con, because Conway's been doing comics for years, and Mm -hmm. that shows a monstrosity. And uh, it also makes the point that the rising sea levels were the result of global warming, and they are now a worldwide problem. Because Animal Man also, under Morrison, became a more environmentally conscious book, as Morrison sort of explored his own vegetarianism and a lot of other topics of that nature. Yeah. And so an asshole named Blood Rage shows up, and he starts destroying the levee because he wasn't paid uh, when he threatened to blow it up. So Animal Man, Buddy Baker, shows up and punches him in the face. And Animal Man, I'm assuming, is in his, like, 50s at this point. And we find out that Blood Rage has the power to boil other people's blood, which somehow gives him energy. So he kills some cops and then returns to fight Animal Man. Buddy tries to tap into the power of a gorilla, but he can't get it up. And so he gets knocked back. And this is all like on a televised fight. He gets tossed into the water, connects to a shark, and then pops out of the water and starts beating the hell out of Blood Rage until... Blood Rage is knocked unconscious, and the police get him to stop. One of the weirder things about Animal Man's powers is that, like, he doesn't need wings to fly or, like, gills to breathe. It's just, like, he can do what animals can do without needing to get those sorts of appendages. He just likes to think about it, and it happens. Normally. And he ends up going home to uh, Ellen, his wife, and he has this conversation about how He missed his kids growing up, how his powers are fading, and how he used to have these global connections to the morphogenetic field and even, like, galactic connections. And now they're starting to fade, and he ends up getting fed up because of all the stress. Can he turn into space um, animals? It depends on the series. So this was, like, pre-New 52... So he could connect to, like, things that were close by. And then when the New 52 happened, he was only connected to the Red, which was on Earth. Mm. And it had to be uh, native Earth animals. Okay. So, like, he couldn't copy uh, Superman's powers. Gotcha. Yeah, I had a discussion with this because I got into a uh, Reddit argument. A few years back, and I ended up messaging Jeff Lemire at the time. Nice. Yeah, that's the kind of nerd I was back then. Mm-hmm. Please, you would have still done it now. It's good to be precise about these things. Remember that time we tried asking Bendis a very specific question, and he never responded? Because I do. What question was that? It's one of our futuristic, uh... Spider-Man questions. It was like when Rhodey was president and there was Vice President Osborne and we were trying to figure out which Osborne it was. Mm. And he did not respond to our question. Yeah. Well, I had sent an email to Jeff Lemire 
So that was how I got that done. Oh. But uh, Buddy gets fed up because of all the stress that he's going through right now. And he goes to his job as a stunt coordinator where he keeps things safe. And he also knows when to pick his fights with getting stunts done. And some people are like, oh, that's really dumb. We should get it, go and do like more awesome stunts. But it doesn't happen. And he also has a big bromance with Ed. That he did. So uh, Blood Rage, meanwhile, is being processed into the criminal system. He starts drawing energy from the blood of the people who are processing him. And then he's able to take over most of the prison because bullets don't stop him for whatever reason. Which I'm know, sorry. Why, why did they not prepare for this? He's a new villain who showed up. But yeah, it is kind of dumb where it's like you saw this guy like take blood energy. You think Animal Man would have left some sort of report with the police? Like you saw how he killed those other cops, like mm-hmm. without touching them, it was televised. Like yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, his hair gets weird, greasy, and slicked back when he when his power started flaring. So uh, Animal Man hears about what's going down, goes to fight at the prison. And his powers fail him again, and he gets punched by Blood Rage into the air. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to die. I let down a lot of people. Luckily, a Green Lantern, who is a giant space whale, shows up. And the Green Lantern uses his construct power to uh, cut off Blood Rage's oxygen and knock him out. Just like that one version of Captain America did. Mm-hmm. The difference so, was that space whale knew when to let go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, a woman is watching this entire thing. She is the daughter of Evan McCulloch, the uh, second mirror master, whose father never told her mother that he was the mirror master. And when she found out, she turned him in. And when she was getting raised, her mother is pretty much like, oh, you're my... Uh, you're your father's daughter, so I don't really like you all that much. Which really didn't do a lot of good things for her. Nope. And when her mother died, she ended up going to college. Found a way into the mirror dimension where her father had vanished 15 years ago. And she found that he had been driven mad, and then she killed him. Good times. Excellent times. I like Mirror times. Master. Yeah, I like Master. He's... Has he shown up in Flash yet? Uh, they I heard mentioned... he's going to. No, he... Another version of Mirror Master did, who okay. had the powers of the original Mirror Master. But then uh, Harrison Wells mentioned that uh, in his universe, they did have the Evan McCulloch one. Because, okay. like, uh, the second Mirror Master just had a gun that allowed him to transfer through mirrors. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, Buddy goes to uh, Sulk, and the Green Lantern is like, oh yeah, your uh, connections to the morphogenetic field are fading away. And in a few days, you aren't going to have any more powers. And we get a brief recap of the origin story. And then Prismatic, who is um, your master's daughter, shows up and starts fighting him. He ends up getting punched into the air again, which happens really often. Like, he just gets punched really high like in every fight it's his new shtick yeah maybe he has it's his catchphrase luke 
punch me in the air. Because then I'll magically save myself and it'll look super cool and then all the kids will respect me. Mm-hmm. And while he's in the air, he tries to uh, connect with the birds and he's able to get it up. And then he flies over to the San Diego Zoo. Prismatic uh, chases after him and she finds him, but he's connected to Steve the gorilla. And he starts punching the hell out of her, comes close to killing her. And that's when the League of Titans shows up to stop him. And the League of Titans is Power Woman, who used to be Supergirl, Red Tornado, who's Red Tornado, uh, Superman, who I'm pretty sure used to be Superboy, uh, the Wally West version of The Flash, except that because this was uh, post-New 50... Well, no, I guess this would have been before they made Wally West black, so it's just another black version of The Flash beforehand. Uh, and then Starfire and Nightwing. So, they bring him back to the base, confirm what Green Lantern said, and everyone except for Starfire leaves him alone because they got close back in New 52 when they had traveled through space. In New 52, or not in New 52, in 52. And in that series, Lobo showed up, and he was a worshipper of a dolphin cult. Nice. Yeah. 52 is one of those weird series where, like, it came out weekly, it had a bunch of different art teams, it had a bunch of different writers, and some of the stuff is really good, and then some of the stuff is really bad. That's what I've heard, yeah. I didn't read that one, because, yeah, James, James, he read the um, that Batman Weekly that they did. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, he said it's the same thing. I think Scott yeah. Snyder wrote all of it. Yeah, well, and I mean, that's the problem with coming out with that many comics. Well, yeah, and he was like, if it followed, it was like he'd said it varied depending on which character was following at the time. Mm-hmm. Some of it was super solid, some of it was super not. Yeah. So, uh, Starfire is able to empathize with him over his uh, fears, and she more or less makes some moves on him, and he resists because he's like, oh, I got kids. And then he's like, oh, I've got kids who have my DNA. Maybe. Maybe I can uh, use their DNA to help repair my morphogenetic field. And so he teleports home because he's like, I've got a chance now, Ellen. I may not need to spend time with my family. And she's just really pissed off because he didn't know. Or, and she's really pissed off because he didn't let her know what happened after the fight. And he just vanished for about a day. He's like, whatever. I'm animal, man. Yeah. Like, uh, one of the neat things is it's, like, the five stages of grief mm-hmm. broken down without being, like, overtly going into each one of them. Yes. And, uh, Which meanwhile... Is yeah, I've said you've seen other comics where it's overt. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh... Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Prismatic has been taken to the High Point Federal Maximum Security Facility... And even though they explicitly are like, oh yeah, we made sure this room doesn't have any reflective surfaces she can escape through, they, I guess, didn't recognize that the video camera that they have in there had a reflective surface on the uh, lens, and so she's able to escape through that, causing blackouts in the prison. And uh, Buddy then heads off to college to visit his daughter Maxine, gets a sample of her DNA, and she's... 
understanding why he wants to get his powers back, but she's also like, yeah, you were never really there for me. You missed me growing up. And she's also in a lesbian relationship, which her father didn't know about. Good job, Dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, then elsewhere in the prison, Blood Rage is in a place where he shouldn't be a danger to other people, and Prismatic shows up and just frees him. And Buddy then goes to visit Cliff, who still sees his dad as a hero, happily gives him the sample, and Cliff has become this environmental lawyer, but he's got no personal life because he's too busy doing his job, and Buddy regrets that the cat's in the cradle with the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. When are you coming in, Devin? Oh, what? When are you coming in, Devin? I don't know when, but we'll get together then. Uh, Do you not know that song? I, I mean, I know like the main thing, but that's better. <sighs> Gosh, get your Harry Chapin knowledge going on, man. But I do know that weird cover that I've from like my childhood. What? There's a cat in the kettle in the peaking room. I guess I gotta stop eating there at noon. They say that it's beef or fish or pork, but there's a fair ball on my fork. <laughs> so it's a racist Chinese restaurant. It was in the days of fake Weird Al on uh, Napster. I remember those days. I remember yeah. weenie in a bottle. Yeah. I like read this entire actually it was like a year ago. I read this really interesting article about Weird Al where he was talking about like file sharing, about how he actually doesn't care about people file sharing his music for free. His oh, yeah. biggest com- his biggest complaint was the fact that there's a bunch of very like child inappropriate songs that were being attributed to him that were not his. Yeah, I remember that article. Which yeah, it's fair. We'll see if we can find a link. Yeah. And uh, back at the base, Buddy brings in the blood samples, and the League can't find a cure. And Buddy realizes again that he really screwed up his life, so he ends up making out with Starfire, and then realizes what he did was wrong. It's a weird thing. And so Buddy gets even sadder because he's losing what he saw as making him At the special. same time, Corey, why are you so into Animal Man? She's got weird empathy stuff. They travel together through space for like a year. Oh, okay. And inconsistent writing on Starfire. Like, she's always been very different than uh, the Teen Titans cartoon version. Yeah. Where it's... Yeah. They just need to make Teen Titans cartoon version into the real Starfire. Oh, that's, that, that's what they did. Uh, with the uh, current version, like it's that version of the team, except that it's uh, Damien Wayne instead of uh, Dick. Oh, okay. Or no, uh, I'm forgetting my Robins, but instead of the uh, what? Tim. Used. Yeah. Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and, I, don't, uh, I don't like Damien Wayne. I think he's a good character. Oh, correction. I haven't read, like, any comics with him. I've only... The the Damian Wayne I know is from all the animated Batman movies. And he is the garbage of those. Yeah, that's... That's not a good look for 
anyone. So Buddy starts to mope, and luckily before it gets too sad, Blood Rage and Prismatic show back up. Buddy and Blood Rage fight, and his powers fail him again. Well, Starfire is taking on Prismatic, who's able to absorb and redirect her star energy back at her. Both of them are getting their asses kicked, and Buddy gets knocked out, where he has a vision of everyone who he's confronted recently. And, like, as he fades out of his superhero costume, he's confronted with the fact that he really needs to realize that his choices affect the other people who he loves. Buddy wakes back up, kicks Blood Rage in the nards, mm -hmm. and then copies the powers from a harbor seal. I found out that New York City has harbor seals. Nice. Because their base is, like, right next to Liberty Island oh, in New okay. York City. And, like, at, well, at first I thought it was a catfish, and I was like, oh, no, it's a harbor seal. And it's like, are there harbor seals in New York? And it's like, yes, there are harbor seals in New York. So Starfire is trying to figure out why Prismatic is doing what she's doing, and it's really, she's just a bit unhinged. And Buddy ends up punching Prismatic, which gives him enough time to escape with Starfire. And that's when Prismatic realizes that she can summon the other members of the Justi of the League of Titans as a trap. And at the Baker home, everyone has shown up because Ellen is worried that Buddy doesn't really know how to deal with not having powers and like adjusting to being normal. And that's when he shows up with like a half-dressed woman in his arms. Good times, Buddy. Power Woman and Superman show up at the base and they pretty much immediately get knocked out. Uh, Maxine tries to help Starfire, but there's not much she can do. And she's like, we need to have the League Hospital to help her out. And they can't really get there. So Animal Man comes clean and realizes that he has his family to live for. And Ellen is like, yeah, I, you don't need to sacrifice everything for your family. Just, like, let us be involved. Be happy and recognize that we want to be there with you. And that's an important lesson to learn. And then Animal Man's like, thank you, my wife, Julia, and more. We will continue to be happy together. She would be a good actress for this. And meanwhile, Prismatic has captured everyone from the League of Titans. And, like, there's two other members who I wasn't able to figure out who they are. Like, I thought they might be Vibe and Thunder. But oh, so like, I thought one of them kind of looked like blue, had like blue beetle esque yeah. costumes, more of his modern one. Yeah, it's really unclear, but it's like, well, this universe is never being revisited, so it doesn't really matter. I don't know. The Jerry could go back. The what? Jerry Conway. Oh. The Jerry. I thought you meant, like, the Jerry Curl or, like, Jericho. No. So, uh, Prismatic and Blood Rage make their demands for 7 billion euros or else they're going to start killing team members. I do like how each time Blood Rage makes a demand, he wants a different type of currency. Yes. And The uh, euro makes sense. Well, hit 2009. Yeah, euro makes sense. Mm-hmm. It would have well, been stronger. Well, before it was the uh, Chinese currency. In 2009, a little less so. Though it's 2009 in the future. It's 15 years from 2009. Oh, fair enough then. And Ellen wants Buddy to stay back, 
but he reflects on his father's last months of life where he had the option to live longer but he would be stuck in a hospital bed or he could go out and live his life until it ends and he's like yeah I'm losing all my powers to connect to the morphogenetic field I really can't connect to a lot of stuff but I want to go out fighting his wife believes in him so they end up kissing and then he heads over to his other job for supplies before heading out to one last stop that we don't know about. He should have just sucked the blood out of his children some more. Well, it didn't work the first time, but maybe that more was just blood a tiny vial. He needs more blood. <laughs> uh, so, give I your blood it. to daddy, children. Blood for the animal man. So, Buddy ends up parachuting in from a helicopter, which seems like a sort of dangerous thing to do. Like, I'm not sure if parachutes and helicopters work all that well they don't i wouldn't think so yeah but you know buddy's a stunt guy so because when you don't have the height and what if that thing gets tangled up in the blades yeah that's what i'm more concerned about though he's a stunt coordinator so i'll i'll give it to him and uh blood rage and prismatic are starting to bicker and that is when buddy shows up and beats blood rage in the head with a crowbar which I do love that he's wearing that uh, motorcycle helmet now. Yeah, he's wearing like a motorcycle helmet and a flak jacket. And he starts to get his ass kicked. And that's when we cut to a lab in Atlanta, Georgia, where the scientists in the contamination zone, where the deadliest biological weapons are kept, are discussing about how Buddy had visited them. And that's when Prismatic ends up teleporting a now heavily beaten animal man to a more public area along with blood rage and buddy ends up getting knocked out again and has a vision of the aliens who gave him his powers and he asks why they chose him and it was because he was just a man and they wanted to see him triumph over struggle to face death and live and that's when he wakes up brutally beaten inside a hospital the league comes in and talks about how all of a sudden the crystals had suddenly started to break and then they found Blood Rage and Prismatic, who were horribly sick because Buddy created a super infectious bacteria using his powers that only targeted Blood Rage and Prismatic, so he used the goddamn bubonic plague on him. Which is a baller move. It is. Damn, look at you going with chemical weapons, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, or Buddy biological, is... rather. Yeah. And Buddy is the only one who can heal them before their bodies are permanently crippled, but that's when his powers give up completely, and Prismatic's like, go to hell. So, <laughs> oh, I, I like that part. I mean, I think it would have been a bit too harsh. Mm -hmm. The last thing he did was cure these people who are an active danger to other people. And uh, Buddy gets back to work a short while later. He is spending more time with his family. Out of the corner, he thinks he sees someone flying and watching him. But when he looks again, they vanish. Maxine and Jenny, her girlfriend, are in love, which Buddy and Ellen discuss back at home. And that is when the whale Green Lantern shows up and asks him to join the League of Titans to man the League's base when no one else is around because he knows how the League is supposed to work. And he can't really be active in the field anymore. And Buddy turns him down and his family's like, nope, do what makes you happy. Not what 
you think would make us happy. And then Ellen and Buddy kiss as Starfire creeps, watching them outside of a window. Mm-hmm. He takes a job and has realized that instead of losing his powers, ending his career as a hero, he's starting a new one. And also, 9-11 never happened in this universe. Apparently. Yeah. Because, like, the last shot is Buddy looking out at the Twin Towers. It's like, okay, sure, let's let's wrap it up that way. That was weird. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to look more into, like, why Animal Man was chosen for this. And Conway's decision was, it's like, no one in DC is doing a lot of stuff with Animal Man. He's not, like, an integral part of the universe. He's a normal guy. He's a father and a husband who just happens to have powers. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's hard to think of another DC character he could do that with. Because a lot of the others are a lot more defined by their powers. Their relationships aren't as stable. Mm-hmm. That's one of the other reasons I'm not as big into DC is also they're basically gods. Yeah. In terms of, animal, like, their power strength. Though Animal Man is a good exception to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's why I actually like this book. Mm-hmm. It's not... The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Like, this Born was... A, yeah. This was a lot better, because it's like, you can have a normal life, and you don't necessarily have to stop being a hero after you lose your powers. And we didn't have to go for the doom and gloom, which a lot of the futuristic ones like to go for. No, like, beyond the effects of global warming, it's like a very positive universe. Yeah. There's still heroes... People get along. There's, n- like, no, none of, like, Animal Man's old villains are around. And it's, like, some people who are abnormal who are the bad guys. Yeah. So, let's put this thing on Trials of the Multiverse, which currently has 370 entries. I I really like this one. Yeah, me too. Like... Uh, do we want to start looking at the top 20? Yeah, I go top 20. Uh, what if Galactus became human? Yeah, it's better than that. Um, how do you feel about it compared to the uh, Squadron Supreme, which was sort of similar in ways? Yeah. I actually like it more than that. Uh, Tony Stark Sorcerer Supreme? Yeah, I even like, oh well. Yeah, yeah, I like it better. Yeah. I think it, because it had six issues, it allowed it to develop a bit more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, on that, I think we could probably put it above Reed Kills the Illuminati. I, I'm thinking, like, right under the Prince of Arachne is where it would go. Yeah, it's a good place it's for it. Like, yeah. It, it's nice to have another positive universe up here. So, Earth, question mark. Well, our number one universe is the most positive universes, Luke. Oh, yes. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, because J. Jonah Jameson adopting Spider-Man is positive. Mm -hmm. Shazam Monster Society of Evil is positive. Punisher killed Daredevil. That's not positive. Uh, Yeah, a little less positive. Punisher Archie is positive. Daredevil End of Days is definitely not positive. Not positive. 
Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane is positive. Super positive. That's like counts for two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Once in Future Marvel fan fiction. Uh, what was that one? That was from episode 74. Shit. Once again, our poor naming conventions have uh, failed us. Uh, that would have been uh, Kamala Khan. I'm trying to find the actual episode. Um, oh, that would have been her fanfic. Oh, the one that she wrote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, so that's a positive one. Uh, the Prince of Arachne is a positive one. Oh, man. Animal Man lost his powers. Oh, well. Animal Man lost his powers. It, so actually, no, most of these are positive. With, like, a few exceptions. Yeah. And uh, then we got some questions in this week from Javier Files. So the first one is why? Of course, good job, Javier. Always stepping up with those questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is why has Post Morrison Animal Man struggled to integrate into the greater DC universe? And I'd oh, I say, can't answer that. Yeah, well, that's why I'm here, Devin. Mm-hmm. I'd say the bigger problem is how Morrison used him at first. Because, like, Morrison used him as a way to explore stories and deconstructed him in a way that became more of his trademark than his powers necessarily did. And so it's hard to tie that into, like, other heroes. Because if you can't focus on that, it's hard to come up with a new angle. And then when uh, Jeff Lemire did his run, it was tied very much into the red the green and the gray stuff which i haven't read a lot of that but it was more of a horror story with superhero aspects and it was very family focused so i think you could find a way to get that to work but it would just be difficult to do that if he's not going to be a focal character just because he's so different than others it's like if uh, Spider-Man didn't have as much of the uh, development and supporting cast and other aspects that he did. Because Animal Man is primarily a family man who has that come into conflict with his being a hero. And he's also got the animal stuff. So it, he's not as multifaceted, but the facets that he have have been explored in interesting ways. The uh, second story is what makes an old hero story like The Dark Knight Return work? Are there characters who this can't be done effectively with? And I think one of the things that really makes the better of these stories work is having a writer who's actually grown older mm -hmm. and who is like seeing the world change around them, which is not always good because, I mean, you can end up with the Dark Knight Returns, which has very good aspects, but it's a very nihilistic view of change and... Here's, here's <sighs> I guess, my thing. I wouldn't throw Dark Knight Returns under the bus because he did not mean for that to become the norm. 
No, but it's also Cause that something... Because that basically made Batman into the super dark person he is today. Or and that was kind of supposed to be more of the, like, opposite... Like, I guess the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Batman and Superman both have sons, and their sons are also superheroes and best friends. Yeah. So... Oh, yeah, I Mark Wade does not care for Man of Steel. I'm not surprised. He vocally addressed that one last night. Um, yeah, what I was going to say is, I think you need to have, like, you need to have grown older since you started writing comics or started experiencing the world. Mm-hmm. So you have something more to say than, oh, it's horrifying to be, like, outdated. And I think you also need to have a character who aging means something for them. Like, uh, Superman's secret identity is very much about growing older as a superhero. And, like, how your world and relationship changes around you. That was a really good book. Well, even the one that Jerry Conway just started writing, which this first issue came about this past Wednesday, which was fantastic. The uh, ongoing Renew Your Vows. Mm-hmm. Where Peter Nosby had yeah, to deal with the fact that he has a daughter, who also now has spider powers. And now his yeah. wife wants to be actively involved in his Spider-Manning. That's good for Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Did you read it? Uh, someone posted like a shorter strip from it up on Reddit, and I saw that. Oh, okay. But I haven't really had a lot of time to read comics. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's having something to say, having maturity to speak from, and then... Like, understanding the character. Because you can't just be like, oh, uh, we need to do something about uh, Green Arrow getting old. And it's going to be a dystopia, and uh, now he has to fight back, and uh, he's the only hero. Because it's like, well, that really doesn't fit Green Arrow's world. Mm-mm. He'd have to have been, like, locked up in prison for years for, like, protesting a uh, increasingly harsh regime. They have to have a reason why he escapes. And then, what is he going to do? Is he going to finally unite the people? How can he make that different than all the other books where the that old happens. guy reunites all the people? Mm-hmm. And that's why I liked Animal Man. I mean, it was a very domestic story, and it was a very realistic story about grief. And he didn't die like I thought was going to happen. Oh, no. He only retired his uh, hero identity. Yep. Which I think made this work a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, actually, I I like it better that he didn't die. Mm Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot more the second time that I read through it, because the first time I was like, oh, okay, so are we going to have, like, some weird Morrison metatextual stuff? And, like, it's a lot more based on uh, 52 and uh, that stuff, but it's also something where... You don't necessarily need to have an intense familiarity with Animal Man. Yeah. To follow. Yeah. Him. Oh, yeah, no, like, I followed it perfectly fine. And, uh, yeah, so that wraps us up. Next week, we're going to be doing our reader request special. So we've had a few issues that have been requested for us to cover. So we'll be doing that. It'll be going up the day before my birthday. Hooray! Uh, what are you doing for your birthday, Luke? 
I am going to be in New Mexico visiting my parents. Oh, man. And also doing work. Yeah. Wait, so when is your party then? This upcoming Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm doing it before I fly out for Thanksgiving week. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Multiverse Q is a weekly podcast. You can find out more out about us and see image galleries for almost all of the issues that we cover at multiverseq.com. We are also active on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, MZ, Libsyn, Stitcher, and a few other sites. If you want to help us out without needing to donate financially, uh, please leave a comment and review for us. Your comments and reviews help us to learn how to improve the podcast, which is one of our big goals. Because, you know, we don't want to stand still and never get better. Uh, if you can uh, kick a dollar or two, we do have a Patreon set up. Uh, like I said last time, we had a few. We have a few expenses that are going to be increasing as we launch our spinoff podcast, Exiled. Recording we'll tomorrow. Some... Yes, I'm very excited about that. And uh... I have to flip through an Agents of Atlas book today. To learn your uh, gorilla man mm-hmm. speaking. It's been a while. Since you have read Agents of Atlas. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Um, since we had a new Patreon backer. Uh, but we like to do things like put up bonus episodes, have extra conversations, uh, have outtakes. If you want to hear more of me singing, we can do that. And, uh, yeah, otherwise... Thank you very much for listening. Devin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at FredoFit. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And you can buy my book, Heroes International, uh, through Legacy Rising. Please order it for your local comic stores. And, um, yeah, I, I think that wraps us up. This was a very nice and relaxing book to read yes. after how stressful this week has been. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I will see you guys next week. This one's for Hank. Yep. Yep.